Welcome back to the Social Studies Podcast, the podcast where I study being social by being social. Do you love my singing? The answer is yes. I'm going to take the words out of your mouth. I'm going to go ahead and say the answer is yes. Listen, this past week, (laughs) on Thursday, we had the first ever Patreon superfan happy hour. It was a treat. Let me tell you what. Thank you so much to everybody who came. I'm glad we got to connect and kiki and talk crazy talk. There were definitely some highlights. There is this girl. I'm not going to use her real name because I don't think she wants me to give out this tea. She's an art teacher, okay? And she teaches in a state that I've just decided I'm also not going to say. Because if I do, it's real specific. And you could put this together. She shows up and girl, I love you. I was looking at you as like, this one is for sure an art teacher. So we're like playing games. (laughs) We're like doing this thing and she gets one of the trivia questions right. So that means that it's your turn to play the game if you get the trivia question right. First of all, we're going to call her Beth. Okay. Beth opens her mouth and she's like, oh my God, I won. I have never won anything. I'm like, oh, yes, we have the hippy dippy incense burning, essential oil wearing, crystal collecting art teacher in our presence. (laughs) This is about to be gold. So then she tells me a little bit about her school and I'm like, so girl, spill the tea. And she's like, the tea. And I'm like, yes, give us the tea. Give us the tea. And she said, she said. We don't have the T here. We only have the L. She thought I was talking about like a city bus route. I was like, honey, let me teach you how to speak gay for just a second. Like, give me the tea, the dirt, the dish, the scoop. Lay it on thick right now. She's like, oh, (laughs) the tea. Literally, Beth. I know you're listening to me right now. I just want to tell you, I'm obsessed with you and your essence. Okay, so we went around, we played the games, we did the whole thing, and then I said, yo, if you guys got to go, you can go, no big deal. I'm going to stick around, so if you want to finish your cocktail with me, let's do it. Uh, I think only one of you left, so it's all of us hanging out. We hung out for another, what, you guys, I, another hour and a half just kicking talking some shit, like doing our thing. That was amazing. So I was like, let's go around and like say what we're going to be for Halloween. This girl, Kristen, Kristen, mildly obsessed with you. When I say mildly, I definitely mean thoroughly. She discloses to the group that she is going to be um, Alexis Rose from Schitt's Creek. And I'm immediately like, this is my girl. Here we go. And then she's like, yeah, I have the costume like right in front of me. So I'm like, "Okay, great, Kristen, this is what we're going to do. Turn off your camera, get the costume on. And when I'm going to go to the next person and ask them what they're going to be, when we come back to you, you can like reveal it'll be a whole thing. So I go to the next person and I'm like, tell me what you're going to be for Halloween. I'm pretty sure the next person was my friend Patty, super, super fan Patty and her son, Robbie, who I love. Shout out Patty and Robbie. And. You guys, I'm not even going to bullshit with you right now. I completely forgot that I told Krista to 
turn her camera off and get the costume on. It must have been like 20 minutes before she piped up and she was like, did you like forget about me? And I was like, yes, yes, I did. I totally forgot about you. So then we played the song a little bit of like a little bit Alexis from Schitt's Creek. She revealed it. And let me tell you what. You couldn't tell her that she was not Alexis. Okay. Um, fun little fact too. If you're a super fan, I actually allow you to give the Zoom code to another friend so you can have another friend come, Kiki, do the whole thing. So Kristen decided that she was going to have her sister come in. When I say identical twins, I I literally mean it. They're not twins at all, but they are literally the same person. I kept getting them confused. I'm like, which one am I talking to? Like, who, who was just Alexis just now? Let's get this shit together. Come to find out, they even teach together in the same school. I was like, your students have got to mess this shit up on the daily because I can't even see straight. Which, if I'm being honest with you, was because by the end of the night, and I'm pretty sure the super fans are aware that I was very intoxicated. I was like two bottles of wine deep. I put on my Carol Baskin costume for y'all now. If you didn't know, I was Carol Baskin for Halloween. You should know by now because it was all over Instagram at this time. But they got to see it first. Fully a tart. I didn't have my tights on though. And one of your smart asses told me that I needed to get a Brazilian. And I'm here for that kind of energy. Listen, if you want to be a super fan, you can join us. We do four Zoom happy hours a year. You're also going to get bonus episodes of the social studies podcast that are raw, real, unedited that good good you're gonna get one of those um every other week and you're gonna get a bonus video every other week too so you're getting new content every week on top of that you get the happy hours four times a year we'll do a happy hour that's quarterly if you know math and then if you don't want to become a super fan you can just become a regular uh, a big fan come become a big fan and you get all the bonus content but unfortunately not an invite but i still want you like if you want to support the podcast and you want that good good you know go ahead and do it you can become a Patreon big fan or super fan by going to patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. That's patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Okay, before we start, I just want to remind you guys, if you're following me on Instagram, which I hope you are, it's at Mr. D times three. You know that during quarantine, I grew a full-fledged fupa. I'm calling it my COVID-15. I shaved to be Carol Baskin and realized, oh, got a little poochy, a little poochy pouch underneath my chin that we need to rid of, okay? I'm on this new, like, healthy person kick, which I'll be the first to tell you, like, do I like to work out and eat healthy? Absolutely not. But I do it for my body and I do it because I'm vain like that and I'm just gonna admit it right I want to look snatched to the gods so you might have seen on Instagram I give you these little I'm, I'm a salad bitch I call myself a salad bitch and you can be a salad bitch too and I'm putting out the salad bitch recipes so right now I want to present to you with my salad bitch tip of the week this one's so easy, you guys. Literally, you it's going to blow your mind. Okay. Go and buy you some good Greek yogurt. I prefer Faye, like 2 or 5%. And literally, all you do is buy Trader Joe's, everything but the bagel seasoning, and 
dump it in. Well, like as much as you want. I would definitely not put the whole jar in there, but like put as much as you want, season it to taste, mix it up, done. Literally done. I, I've i been spreading it on sandwiches. I dip uh, carrots in there. You know, we had some leftover whole grain pita from something I made the other day. Was dunking that in there. I make a big thing of it for the week. Lasts me the whole week. It's amazing. And what it's Greek yogurt and seasoning. What am I eating over here? Air? I didn't know that healthy food could taste this good. It's amazing. I need you to do it. I need you to try it. And I have a little secret for you, too. We have like a few people over for Halloween. We have a little quarantine pod, if you will, where we only see each other and we're honest if we've been anywhere else. So we had a couple people over and I made this dip. People were raving about it. And I felt bad that it was two ingredients so cheap and so good. They're like, how did you do this? I was like, oh, my God, I wish I could tell you. But there's just like so many steps, so many steps. Uh, Don't be like me. Don't be like me. Just uh, just be honest with what you're doing. But, you know, go ahead, salad bitches. Make that stir it up in the pot. Get it good. I have an awesome guest on for us today. Tricks, comedian tricks. That's it. Halloween tricks or treat. Right. That's tricks with two X's. This guy opened for me in Edmonton, Alberta. I had no idea who he is. Sometimes they don't even tell you who your openers are. And I was obsessed. He's like, you want to get a drink? I'm like, uh, yeah, for sure. And we just became pretty good buddies uh, on the comedy circuit from that. And then come to find out, I'm like, okay, tricks. Here's the thing. I feel like I should be opening for you. So funny. Does this character online called Chale, which is actually an African word that he used from his own heritage. We're going to give you a little bit of that in this episode without further ado here's a social studies podcast with comedian tricks try to catch me howling at the moon Welcome back to Social Studies Podcast. Listen, listen, listen. I love bringing you people who I who are just like ingrained in my life already. And also some like really cool celebrities and like other people that we have come on. This guy's the real deal, right? So Trix, comedian from fucking Toronto. Listen, this what dude, Trix, I gotta be honest with you. Mm. It is so rare to just like vibe with who's ever opening for you when you come to shows because you you, you never fucking know how it goes so when jeff and i came in and you texted us you're like you want to have a drink before the show we couldn't because we were already somewhere else but i was like right. i'm gonna vibe with this dude i'm gonna vibe with this dude for sure the workplace is better when everybody gets along man um absolutely and we definitely right. got along which i'm so happy about okay tricks from fucking toronto give us your pitch man like what, how did you get started in comedy? Like, what's up? I was a DJ first. No, I was a club MC first, which is like not my brag. But I was the guy that was like, everybody put your hands up. If it's your birthday, make some noise. I yes. was the hype guy. And then I went from that to actually DJing. And then from DJing, I went to radio, which was where the controversy of my life started. Wait, why? Because, um... I was first, I started on this hip hop station where it was, it was just all hip hop. It was dope. It was called Project Bounce and it was from midnight to five. And they gave me the balls to say whatever I want. Like they let me just. Oh, and that was the problem? <laughs> no, no. And because it, it was a problem for when I went to mainstream radio. And then um, I went to mainstream radio. I got fired unjustly. 
And I went on stage and there's an infamous rant that's probably it's still on YouTube right now. I checked, <gasps> it's still there. It's called F, the, and the name of the radio station was Flow, so it's called F Flow. And I was angry and said some things <laughs> on stage. <laughs> I don't apologize for doing it. I apologize for what was said because I feel like if I was the guy I was now, I could have done it with more tact and it would have been done more properly. Mm. But when you're angry and you speak, you don't know what comes out of your mouth, especially if you're really, really mad. It's just, it's almost like a drive-by. You just don't care who gets hit, you know? So that's the only thing I regret about it is I wish I could have done it more calculated. I just had this conversation with Jesus Trejo and we were both saying like, I personally don't clap back and stuff or do that stuff on stage unless I know for a fact I can make it funny because I've like been in that situation. But it was, you know what it was? It was the first time anybody had done that because it wasn't like now it was when YouTube was just popping off. This is no, I don't think Facebook was even really a thing yet. Mm -hmm. Instagram wasn't even a thing yet. So there was no video of anybody popping off. So when you saw these videos of people, whether it's ranting or whatever, it shocked you because you could only see it on YouTube and they were rare. You know, now we could, I could log on Instagram and I'll see that like eight times today. Right. But back then it was like, oh my God, I can't believe this guy is on stage saying these things about this radio station. And the city of Toronto was like, oh my God, I can't believe it was like 10,000 views in like five minutes. No way. It was serious, yeah. And then, um, obviously, you know, me and me and that radio station, and me and the people that I that I said things about, we've mended our fences since then because it was a long time ago. But right, yeah. And then I, and obviously, that was when I was a comedian. Obviously, so I had made my transition to comedian when I was working radio. Oh, okay. So then, yeah. but you're kind of like a who's who in the Toronto comedy scene. Yeah, I don't know about that. In the Canada, I th- I think I feel like it is true. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they know me, uh, but for what? You know, I'm known for great things, and I'm known for bad things. So I don't know which group you're referring to. You know? I'm going to say the great things. Yes, let's let's talk about the great things. Yeah. Okay, I read. So you did JFL 2014. I watched your set from there recently. I'm and sorry. no, 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 no. I loved it. I I definitely see a difference between. So you and I performed together in March. Literally, yeah. oh my god, dude, we performed, and it was like the next day was like the world is shut down. You, you were the last. Um, you were the, no, you were you were my second last. Jeff and I were freaking out because we weren't. We didn't think we were going to make it home. Because literally I got into my house and right. like the borders shut down. Well, we were, me and you were uh, the, the panic of it. Remember people mm-hmm. were like canceling reservations. And- well, we had, I had a whole sold out weekend. The entire weekend was sold out. And Absolutely. then the show happened and it was actually only half every show. I think the max, we had one show where it was pretty close yeah. to full, but yeah. every other show was at least uh, only about half the people actually came. Well, I, you, that's why I know you have fans because even though people were casting, it's not like you had empty rooms. They were that's all not. great shows still. I mean, obviously we'd love to have the sold out, but I was glad that people came. I'm glad you got shows because it could have been worse. Right? Well, they loved you and I, I loved you. I love you. Because <laughs> I remember when I say, I saw, I remember when I first saw your set from JFL in 2014. First of all, not blowing smoke up your ass. Whole, I 
I laughed out loud, which you know, as a comic watching other comics, sometimes it's very difficult to continue yeah, to laugh out loud. I did laugh out loud, Thank um, you. especially when you were talking about like being a boy and then you get the letter from the girls. And I was just like, and it just like deflates your like wild and out being a boyness when you're a little boy. Yeah. I thought it was so fucking funny. But when you fucking like w- before you ended your set, you were like, I'm tricks. Thanks, whatever. And I was like, oh, he fucking killed it. And then you turned around and walked off the stage. I was like, oh, he knows he killed it. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I blurred the lines between like cockiness and confidence, Mm-mm. because when you're a DJ, you have to you have to know how to read your audience. Right. And there, there, it comes with a certain attitude and swag when you're when you're DJing. So I just brought that into comedy. And sometimes sometimes it was to my benefit. Sometimes it was to my detriment. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, you know, it came across like this guy thinks he's the best and he thinks he's so he's so good. And, you know, you know, other comics, they don't like to be reminded of things that they don't have. And that's not me taking shots at them. It's just I had stage presence early only because of my DJing background. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of a lot of people in front of me. Right. You know, and I get, and I credit that to DJing immensely, you know, take DJing out of the equation, then maybe I wouldn't have come in so cocky, but, um, yeah, comics didn't like it. Didn't like it at all. But I, and I didn't care though, because I just knew like somebody taught me, I think, I don't know if it was Russell Peters or someone said to me early, I think it was Kenny Robinson too, that he taught me like this audience, they smell fear, you know? And he, they taught me never to go up there. Even if you're nervous, don't show the audience you're nervous at all. Like just go up okay. there, like, like you've been doing this for like years. So they, so they don't want to mess with you. They don't want to, you know, bother you. Cause when they see that you're nervous and they see that it's like your first time, then they, you know, that's when they heckle you or they latch onto you or they're like, oh, this guy, you know? But when they, when they see this confidence of this guy, this kind of bravado a little bit. They're like, oh, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to interrupt this show. I, Dude, you know? tricks. That is like, so that's, that's like a lesson in life period. I yeah. feel like so many times I have like lived by the words, fake it to your make it where I have absolutely no clue what I'm doing, but I go up there and I'm just like, bada boom. Right. Like I did right. NACA this past year, which was probably the worst experience of my life. Is I virtual. No, I did it. It was like, in January. Okay. So I think that I did. was the worst experience for you? Oh my God. I would Tri- imagine college is loving you. Oh, same. <laughs> so I got a little bit of feedback that I was maybe uh, portraying a stereotype of a gay man. I was like, oh, here's the thing. I'm actually being myself. So fuck you. And it was. They thought you were acting. Yes. And I'm like, I'm first of all, being myself. So thank you for like, I just feel like sometimes like as a gay man, like you just get judged so much in your life and then you grow into like your thirties and you're like, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me. But then when you're hearing from like kids who are like 18, 19, 20 years old, that you're, that your raw authentic self is not good or whatever, then you're like, okay, here's the thing. Fuck you. So then 
what it what it ended up coming down to was you know the classic tale of what col- what what it is to play colleges now of they're just like so hyper offended and then I was like mm-hmm. wait I offended them by being myself they thought I was how'd you offend them because they thought that I was like painting a stereotype of gay people so essentially mocking but I was just me I just did me I just like went out there and like did me and like talked about my thoughts about being gay and like so when I like got that feedback back I was like. I don't know if I even like want to do this. Yeah, I don't know what I would say to that. If 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 you're being, that's like you know, me going out there talking about my experiences of being black and offending black people. Right. <laughs> like right. You're actually, picking the stereotype of being black, and I'd be like, bro, but I'm just telling Doing me my story. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, that, doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. But. Well, but but you know how it is in that generation, and it's like they, it's almost like do you understand comedy? Like, I don't know. It was really hard. But anyway, what I was getting to is that I was very, I was, I was nervous to do it because I heard all these rumors about NACA and what it is now. It's not what it used to be. Performing for Gen Z is very difficult and they're highly offended. And I I, I went in those with those worries, but I hit the stage with the same confidence that I always do. And it actually, for one of the first times ever, didn't work out, but it was because they weren't willing to like accept me. They wanted to hear like fart and poop and like yeah. baseline yeah. jokes. And I'm like, no. That, does, that doesn't sound like a you situation. That sounds more like a them situation because sometimes when you represent uh, something they either wish they could be or something that they haven't seen before in like, for example, let's say there were some gay students sitting there and they have their idea of how they should be gay, which is ridiculous because you should just be yourself. Mm-hmm. But there are some people who just have this idea of how other people want you to be gay. But here's a, here's a guy who is just being unapologetically himself. That sometimes is too much for them because they're like, they don't, they don't, no one's ever told them to do that. They've, they've had this perception of this is how I'm supposed to act. And then here comes this guy who's just himself, right? Just himself, energy, happy, happy with himself, not afraid to speak his truth. And they're kind of like, yeah, I didn't know we could do that. And so they, so they criticize you for it, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh my God. There, I have this joke about this koala and it makes like a really crazy sound. I don't know if you've been to Australia, but uh, koalas like sound like they're dying. So my joke was, I was like, can somebody help that koala? It sounds like it has anal pain. I should know. And they like, couldn't do it, dude. They like, Sure, that's like, funny. Okay, I think that's funny. <laughs> I think they, that's hilarious. They couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. And that's I was just, like, that's just okay. too sensitive. I know. That's just, you know, whatever. I'm like, I'm talking about my butthole. I'm not even talking about your butthole. I'm talking about my butthole. But it's just, you know what? Again, it's just, it's just, you are, first of all, you're older than them. Mm-hmm. So you've, you have learned to live with certain experiences that you, and you've had certain experiences that they haven't had yet. Just think about it. You're talking to, 17, 18 year olds, some of them who haven't even really come out yet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I put that in perspective. They haven't even come out yet. You understand? So I did not think of this. This is really good. I actually They're not, not living as freely as you, mm-hmm. right? They're still living in the no one really knows. I'm I can't even, if know, I laugh at this, then they might know about exactly. me. Exactly. But you're, when you're in an adult audience where, you know, I'm sure more experiences have been lived and there, there's probably more uh, gay lesbian people who have come out mm-hmm. and they're living within their truth. They're going to laugh at that. Cause that's hilarious. That's not, you're not poking fun at anybody. You're not disrespecting right. any group by saying that 
you're actually, and you're not even really making fun of yourself. That's just my life. Who we are, right? So I need a pocket tricks. Like I, you, you just a wounded, tricks. you, <laughs> you really just like cured all my neck of trauma. Thank you. Changing gears a little bit. Um, okay, guys, what you're doing? If you're listening right now, just pause and go follow tricks on the internet. Just type in tricks with two X's. Why aren't there three? By the way, two pro profen, yeah, profenic. I haven't earned. I haven't earned the third one. You don't. So you didn't start your OnlyFans yet. <laughs> No, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I wish I was a hot girl. I really do because they are making, I have friends who are making bank. I need to pause you for a goddamn second and tell you two things. First of all, I fall down these rabbit holes online all the time of just like crazy shit that I find. And then I literally spiral out of control and I want to learn everything about it. And I put it on my Instagram story because people like to fall down them with me. Anyway, last week I found this one of this girl who literally tricks, lives her life as a dog, like has a collar, eats out of a dog bowl. Boyfriend walks her on a leash in public. And then they go to restaurants and like she sits on the floor and he like feeds her little bits of his food. And I'm watching this and I'm like, this is out of control. This is out of control. It wasn't fetishy. But I knew there was like an undertone of like something sexual. Did a little bit of research. This bitch is making like, bitch, pun intended, $300,000 a year from being, from being a dog on OnlyFans. From being a dog. Very mad because no human being should be making the same amount of money as Scooby-Doo. This is outlandish. And we're in the wrong business. Okay. We're in the wrong business. If you can degrade yourself to that level and you're making that kind of money, I need to seriously change gears in my career. Okay. But your, but your online presence is like really, really good. You have a really strong following on Instagram too. Your videos well, crack strong enough. It Clearly. is <laughs> strong. It's very strong. It's very strong. You're not a dog person, but you're doing very well. I love dogs. Don't get it twisted, viewers. I love <laughs> dogs. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't even know if I would want my girlfriend doing that, man. I, that's that's the part that got me. I think it's his fetish, and she's just like into it. Maybe I don't knock people's fetish because I, I no have kink shaming. I have right? I have fetishes of my own, but so to each his own. I shouldn't even be judging. This one is just an astonishing, I've never heard of that fetish before. Yeah, that like, those chains on the wall behind you and that big leather strap, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> no, my fetishes are a little a little lighter than that, but <laughs> the funny thing you say that because my boy was, um, he's a comic, his name is Jimmy McKern. He was in Vegas on the, in the, down, the downtown part, not the main strip. And he was filming a dude walking his girl like a dog. But I thought, it was just them being Vegasy, like you know, because there's characters in Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought they were just doing it for attention and show. I didn't think that that was an actual. Could have been. It could be the two people you're talking about. It can't I, be that many. I would put money on the fact that it probably is. It's wild. It's crazy. Um, tell me about wow. Chale. Chale. <laughs> He's got merch. <gasps> Hell yes. Okay, listen. I fall down this rabbit hole also of you doing Chale. Can you explain who he is to the people? And like, oh, and also I want to know, like, where did this come from? Chale is a West African term of endearment. It's not a person. It's not. I always thought it was his name. It, the fans made it his name. Oh, okay. So 
So basically, chale is equivalent to when when you know people go homie or my boy or my my brethren or my okay, brethren, okay. right? That's what chale means. So case in point, I'll be like, "Hey, Joe, your hair looks good, chale." That's that's what chale is. Okay. But because I said it so many times, uh, people just associated the character with the name. They were calling him Charlie, essentially. They were right, right. Him Charlie, right? I so thought it was like the West African version of Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> no, no, no. That's what, and you know what? You're not, a lot of people think that, uh, but uh, that's what Charlie means. So I just said, okay, his name is Charlie. You, sometimes the fans speak. Yes, you they know, do. Sometimes yeah. the fans, they speak and you're like, okay, well, if he's Charlie to you, then that's who he is. He's Charlie. Right. But that's what Charlie actually means. Okay, and then was the first video you did with him when the one that went viral when you went outside and it was like crazy snow? You know what's funny about that? I was doing a Charlie character years before. Really? Years before. As a matter of fact, the video that you're talking about, I had actually done that video before. The exact same video. It actually, I was visiting Edmonton. I was in front of the same building and it was snowing in May. And I was, I did the same rant, just didn't have some of the references. Okay. Right. But it, but that did nothing. So what made this one special, I guess, was because this was when Donald Trump, the first election with Donald Trump, the world was like, is he going to win? What's going on? Game of Thrones was huge, still is, but it was in its like peak at the time. So I'm throwing in these references, Stranger Things, all these phenomenon shows and then, and then Donald Trump. And I guess that me saying that, plus the fact that it was really snowing in October, I made that video by accident. I didn't even mean to make it for that. Like I, I went outside, I'll never forget. I was going to buy a, I'll make a bet for football or something at the store and it was snowing. And I literally in character was mad. That's why if you notice, there's no edits. I'm literally, it's just one long shot of me just ranting. And then I go to the store and my phone is just blowing up. Yeah. Blowing up. They're like, oh my God, Trix, you're on, you're on World Star. I'm like, for what? What did I do to be on World Star? And there I am, the video. And then George, T- George Takei, he's sharing it. Oh my God, and he then, shared one of my videos too. That's hilarious. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's, I watched, I remember him from Heroes. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And then um, Trey Songs shares it. And then it's on Vlad Bible, and then it's on Baller Alert. And How many views did like, it end up getting? Oh, like on Facebook, over four or five billion, easy. Billion, easy. and then billion with 40, a B? No, no, million, million, million. million. Oh, Jesus million. Christ! But then my Instagram just started shooting up because I was at like forty thousand, right? When I made the video, mm-hmm. and then by the end of I'm going to say end of two days, it was at like a hundred thousand. Yeah. So I was like, "Is this it? Am I finally going to make it?" <laughs> it like, helps. Is, I it, know how to, yeah. Dude, that viral moment, like literally, people care about me all the time for it. Like comics. Sometimes they're kidding, sometimes they're serious. But they'll be like, You're you're not a comic. It's like, do you know? Like I you're not just like a success overnight. Like, do you know how many times I've like bombed, been at the club, done five dollar sets, like before this happened? But not everybody the thing is, and, and this is why I respect you, because you're you're a, a comic who you like you'll say that on stage like you'll acknowledge that okay you know what this is how i kind of rose to fame but like you're still humble about 
your your beginnings in comedy, bombing and going to, you know, open mics and working on your material. Not every Instagram person is like you. There right. are guys who think that because they made a viral video and they have millions of followers that they can just walk into the arena of comedy and they don't give it the respect that you do. Like you give it respect. You're like, you know what, man, this is not easy. Like I've bombed, I've done this and I've done that. You actually have a track record of stage time. They don't, Yeah. you know, some of these guys, they go right from Instagram to the stage and they're literally up there with no act trying to, I've opened for some of them. I know. And they have to go up there and they try to mimic what they do on Instagram. And it doesn't work in front of paying customers. And people are like, what is this? Especially after a guy who's a comedian. Right. Right. Like, you followed me and I'm not, I'm not tuning my own horn. That's how I know you're a cop because you knew how to change the energy in the room to the, your energy. Dude, literally that was it. That was See? like, like the people talk about like the energy of the room all the time. And I love the energy of the room. But the fact of the matter is, is like when there's a comic who I'm not into their comedy, I don't mm -hmm. say they're a bad comic. I just right. say that's that comedy is not for me because, okay, God, what, like, I mean, I, I do like Burt Kreischer a lot, but when you look at his audience, it's people who are, who you would look at and be like, okay, you're probably a Burt Kreischer fan. Fair, all fair. these people who are super into that. I fair. know people who cannot stand him are not into his work, but he's not a bad comic. Like, look, he's got this following who just love what he does. And the same with me and the same with you. Like, I'm sure your audience might look different than mine too. Like mm -hmm. people are always shocked that my so my shows are almost exclusively women. They're like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, these are my people watch, just like watch me do this. And like, then it, that's my audience. Right. So it's not that you're a bad comic. It's that like, mm. you have to change the energy of the room because the people who are like dying, laughing at you might just giggle at me. And the people who are, can't handle what I'm doing might be loving what you do. And that's all good, baby. You just got to work with Nothing the energy with you're, you're collecting. I agree. I wish, see, and again, see, like even listening to you say that, you'd be very surprised how many social media comedians that right. don't know any of that. They just assume that, look, I'm the star of the show. Things revolve around me. Things have to go my way, you know, and that's it. And unfortunately, some of them do get that. Some of them have diehard fans who just want to see them. And they're just in the sheer awe of them being on stage and they can get away with mediocre comedy. Me personally, I'm like you. I'm, if I don't like somebody, I don't, I don't say they're a bad comic either. I'm just like, you know what? Not my tea. It's just, not, it's just not my cup of tea, you know? But I get why he's popular or she's popular. I get it, you know? Um, like, I love Chappelle. He's not for everybody. Right. I love Bill Burr. He's not for everybody. But... I'm not a huge fan of, I don't want to see Kreischer, Jim Jeffries, not yep. a huge fan, but I, I, I love his success. You respect it. Right. I know exactly why he's famous. I know, I know what he gives to his people and I know what his people, cause I have friends who are fans of his, what they want to see and what they love. So I'm not going to knock that he has the ability to give it to them on a consistent basis. It's just not my style of comedy. And it's so, all good. Yeah, um, shout out to Jim Jeffries. He's doing his thing. Okay, something too that I saw that you did recently. I, I love when you do these. They're not even duet videos, like what you see on TikTok. Because <laughs> you, I okay, first of all, you need to sue TikTok because you created the duet, I think. <laughs> the split <laughs> the split screen, the other person on the other side, and you're giving your commentary. And it's perfect. This one, oh my God, tricks. This one had me fucking pissing myself. You... <laughs> You did a trick style duet as Chale. Hmm. 
And this girl, I don't know if she stole shit or if she was just trying to show how much stuff she could hold on her body, but she was pulling. Oh, she had oh things, items hidden in her rolls. And she's yeah. like, look at all this stuff I can hide in my rolls and just reaches and is pulling out chips and uh Turkey and a hammer. A teachable moment. Yeah, those were one of my teachable moment videos. Very, uh, very careful how I did that one too, because I never want to fat shame. Oh, and you straight up, even said though she's there. kind of doing it herself, right? Right. But I never want to attack. I kind of want to, you know, piggyback off the fun she's making of herself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I have no problem with big women. I love big women. Mm-hmm. So um, those videos are, I, I, I take, they're very done. They're done very carefully. Oh, you did. I never so want to offend. And the thing is too, is most of your jokes, I actually want to say all, all in there, nothing was about her being a big woman. It no. was more about like, where are you getting this stuff? What are you going to do with it? Why do, like, you need, why do you need a hammer? Like right. why? Why? And why do you need a hammer hidden in your body? Like you, were, yeah, you were just. Why? Why are things hidden that are at Home Depot in your body? <laughs> yeah. is, so I'll make fun of Charlie really goes after the absurdity. Even when I used to make fun of hairstyles, um, I used to have people going, you only make fun of black women. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't make fun of any person. I'm making fun of the hairstyle. And unfortunately, black women are the ones that come out with the dope, crazy, creative hairstyles. They go to hair shows and they come out with those hairstyles. It has nothing to do with the, them being black, but everything to do with how absurd that is on their head. I don't care what color the person is, man. You know what I mean? Or they'll try to go, oh man, you, you gotta, you gotta, why don't you make fun of some white people with hairstyles? I'm like, okay, well, send me a picture with a white person with that hairstyle because I'm gonna let you know right now, you'll be surprised how many people themselves send me those pictures. Because they love what I do, and they oh, and say roast me. Oh my yeah. god, dude! I get that all the time. Surprised. I'm gonna How send you some people? crazy. I'm gonna send you some crazy white people hair. I've, I I oh, fell down a rabbit hole this week of uh, <laughs> of beards and mustaches. With oh, people, please do. like turn them into designs and shit. I think Charlie would do it. Okay, before we go, can you just like give us a little bit of Charlie? Like, can we just like meet him real quick? <laughs> um, okay, so first of all, Charlie is not me. This is. <laughs> Charlie, welcome. Understand? We are here sitting with a teacher slash comedian. Teacher comedian. You understand? We are here just doing podcasts. You see, he has proper studio. The, the things on the wall, proofing the sound. Me in my house, just barely paying rent. Superintendent will be knocking soon. Where's, where's my money? Eh, Charlie, you have to pay. Or you'll be doing podcasts from your balcony. Come on. I love you. <laughs> Tricks. I, okay, literally, this is the fastest that a podcast has ever gone down. I could talk to you forever. Hit the people with what you have coming up. Where can they find you? Give us all the dirt. Fortunately, uh, I will be at Calgary's Lab Shop, which is October 29th to 31st. Halloween weekend. Uh, there's going to be no parties, so there's no excuses not to come to the comedy show. Yep. Um, Lab Shop Fun Club. Um, yeah, so check me out there. And then I will be coming stateside in November uh, if the state of the world improves. I will be in Chicago, which is Zanies, November 20th to the 22nd. 
there is a chance I might be there to see you. I hope you come. Trix, thanks bring, so much. Bring Jeff. <laughs> I will, he'll be there. <laughs> thanks Jeff. for coming on the podcast, Chale. All the time. Come on. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate all of your support and everything that you do. I love hearing from you when you text the word pod to 1-313-251-1036. I really appreciate uh, all of you big fans and super fans on the Patreon. Again, you can become a Patreon big fan or super fan by visiting patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Uh, We got more in store. Thanks for listening to me and my mom on the Let's Watch TV Bachelorette recap episodes. We're going to keep those coming to you each and every week. I love you so much and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.